Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hello, hello, podcast world. Welcome back to This Is My Truth. I am sharing today a conversation I have with Lauren Jane. And gosh, there's just so much I want to say about this conversation. You are going to love Lauren. And you are going to love her vulnerability, her authenticity, and just her willingness to share her story. Lauren is on a mission to inspire mamas on their journeys of self-love and recognizing that they don't need to do everything for everybody. Um, they just need to do, ev- they need to, to focus on themselves. And Lauren's story is one of feeling like she was failing at being a wife, a caretaker, you know, of everything and believing that she wasn't enough. And to be able to go from from a place of, frankly, survival to a place of thriving and um, loving the life that she has been able to build was just a, a privilege to be able to, to, to hear her story and hear her journey. And there are parts of her journey that I am so able to resonate with. And then there are parts of her journey that I, I don't resonate with, but that opens my eyes to other experiences. And that's what this is all about. So Lauren, thank you for sharing your journey. I so loved our conversation. If you love our conversation, let us know. Feel free to shoot me a DM at This Is My Truth Podcast or better yet, um, go follow Lauren at the Lauren Jane. That's at the dot Lauren dot Jane on Instagram and tell us what you think. As always, feel free to like and uh, review this episode or this conversation. It's weird calling it an episode, let's be honest. Um, Or share it with a friend that you think needs to hear our conversation. Lauren, thank you. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Lauren. It is so nice to have this conversation. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I'd like to open our conversation with the seemingly simple question of what is the truth that you would like to share today? Ooh, that's a good one. So my truth today that I would like to share is actually what we were chatting about a little bit in the preface of this is we are all 
everyone in the whole world in a time that we have never been in collectively. We are all going through something really big all at the same time. And my truth is that we as a society are needing to, and I think in some ways we are showing up for each other in ways that we haven't been asked to before. And that's challenging, but also really exciting because from this, I know that we can all grow and go deeper and just like really bond, I guess, everyone, as opposed to all being our separate entities. Every family is kind of shut up in their own four walls um, or whatever you live in and just kind of doing your own thing. So that's definitely my truth today. I love that. I think it's so important because this time can feel so isolating for so many. Um, and I know for me, like in my experience, right, like I've definitely had moments of like victimhood where I'm like, why is this happening? But then when I pick my head up and actually see sort of like, you know, collectively how people have come together and how I've gotten help, um, you know, my father-in-law had a stroke right when this all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the way that people showed up for me, um, there is good. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's also, it's a good opportunity for us to learn how different people are wired. And so the introverts are, are doing probably a little bit better and being alone and being secluded, but being able to understand people on a deeper level and say, Hey, what do you need in this time? And how can I show up for you? Like you were saying, like people were showing up for you in ways that, that really supported you and just having those opportunities, taking those opportunities. Um, even something as simple as picking up a few groceries for somebody who may be at risk, if you're not, could mean the world to them. Um, but definitely it's a different kind of of isolation when you're being told that you need to. A lot of people kind of isolate as much as possible anyways before all this, but now so many, so many times being told like, okay, you can't do this. You can't go there. We're not going to have this anymore. This is shutting down now. It's, it's different. It's interesting. Well, it's, we're all, we're all experiencing grief in some way or another. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't think people often think about in that way. Um, and right before we hit record, I was saying one of my favorite sort of sayings that has kept me going throughout this journey is we're all in the same storm, but all of our lifeboats are different. And I think mm-hmm. for me, what that means is acknowledging that we're all in different, you know, like our circums, like the umbrella is the same, but how we're reacting, our actual circumstances, all of those things are different not even day by day, but minute by minute and acknowledging that and being able to sort of see that other perspective and have empathy for people, mm-hmm. uh, I think is, has been really helpful for me and a good pause when I find myself, you know, not necessarily having empathy for myself or for others. Sure. Yeah. I think that there's been this preconceived notion that grief has to be this big loss of a family member, some, something super, it is always personal, but something quote unquote bigger, mm-hmm. um, that at the beginning of all this, I don't think that people were allowing themselves to 
grieve what they were losing because we were all losing multiple things, lots of things. We were gaining some things too, but because the shift happened so quickly, I think it took a while for everybody to learn that. But I will say that I've seen a shift in the midst of this where there's an awakening coming that's shining a light on it's okay to not be okay. Like it's okay to not be okay. And anyone who says it's not, you should just toss their advice (laughs) because we all go through moments, seasons, sometimes really long seasons where you don't feel okay. And I've seen this shift happening in social media and conversations that I've had with people personally also that we as a community are embracing more the reality that like, it's okay to not be okay. You know, grieve, feel that grief, move through your process, really embrace that. Don't stay there just for the sake of staying there, but it's okay. And I think that there are more resources becoming available through that, which, you know, is a big, a big part of the book that I wrote is about all of the, like, how did I go from a place where I was grieving my entire life, like really sad, really lost to thriving and, and, and being, and, and part of that is actually saying, okay, I feel this way and I'm going to sit with that, you know, and I'm going to, learn from that and I'm going to grow from that. And I definitely love that there's been that shift where we're starting to see that finally. I think it's really important. And it's funny that you say that phrase, that exact phrase, because I, I have this very vivid memory of actually saying that to my team um, mm. at, at one point. And I remember people pinging me and just saying, like, thank you. Like, thank you for admitting that. Um, and it seems so simple for me just to be like, Hey guys, like just it's, I'm not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. But it was a good reminder that that's so hard for so many people. Um, and the modeling aspect is, is so important. Um, I'm curious, tell us a little bit about, about your journey. What has that looked like for you? So my journey has been so many things and you know, I grew up not far from where I live now. So small town. I got out of high school, did some college, got married, started having babies, four babies in, in my mid twenties, um, not sleeping, you know, my kids, I was blessed with all of my kids, but none of them slept. God bless them until my youngest was four pushing five. So I lost an entire decade. (laughs) all of my twenties that did not sleep. Um, and that's, that I think is when things started to surface. I'll say, I don't like to say break down because all of these things have been there. All of the struggles I've had, the beliefs that I had, the things that I've gone through. Um, I was able to pretend like everything was fine. Right. Because that's kind of the, the impression I got growing up was like, you put on your smile and you show up and you act like everything's fine and you don't talk about it and you don't deal with it. And, you know, so that's how I was showing up in the world, you know, like, it's fine. I can handle it. I can handle that too. I can handle it all. And then 
you know, in my thirties, those boxes that I had just stored everything away in <laughs> started leaking because they were at capacity and, you know, all these, these life events, these thoughts, these issues started to surface and, and come to the surface where, like you're saying, you have to grieve these things. You have to walk through and sit with like, Hey, you know what? When I was five years old, this happened. And, and there's no, there's no one who can or should tell you that like the littlest thing is not important because it was important to you. If you remember something from when you were five, it made an impression, you know, a lasting impression. So, um, that's starting to kind of go all the way back, you know, and start to deal with things and everything had come to a head, you know, where I, I had a moment where I, you know, felt totally defeated, not good enough in any way, even though on the outside, again, people said, you're such a great mom, you're such an awesome wife, you're a great daughter, sister, all those things that inside I knew that there was a lot going on that I never felt like I could share with anyone that I didn't know how to deal with. And it got to the point where I didn't have a choice anymore. I had to start facing the things because I refused to continue to live feeling the way that I felt. Um, never feeling like I was happy, always feeling less than. And that is really where the shift started happening for me. So I did start making time for myself, which was a big one, you know, with taking care of our whole family. So diving into what was going on. Nope. I didn't have a network of people who knew how to do this and I didn't have anyone to model it. Okay. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to read books. I'm going to watch YouTube videos or whatever it takes, you know, like I will create a network that's positive and I will walk through these things that, that had up to that point. I had allowed them to define who I was. Um, so as I started doing that, as I started just committing to myself, you know, in one way here, another way there, things started to work out. They started to process out. I could look at it and say, wow, that's an area that I've really struggled with and, and give it the attention it needed, allow myself to grieve what, what I needed to grieve. Um, you know, be okay with saying I'm not okay right now. And this is what I need in my life, whether it's silence, whether it's help, whatever it is, you know, asking for help is another big one that I'm seeing people take on and allowing others to do for and with them, which again, I grew up like, nope, you just, thank you, but no, I got it. You know, I got it all. And so that's, that's kind of where I was thinking I had to put on this show, this facade of I've got it all together. I'm fine. Coming through the crux of falling apart, feeling like I'm falling apart as these things come to the surface and then deciding to walk into those things and stop trying to avoid them and, and heal through, feel through to heal through, you know? So that's a very brief overview of, of the time 
that I have spent on this earth. And it's funny too, though, because the more that I learn about myself and the world and everyone, the more I realize like, there's just so much out there. Like, I don't know that much, you know, but I do know what's worked for me. And I do know that every single person deserves the freedom to talk freely about what's going on with them when they're not okay and why be given time and space where someone can hold space for them when they need it to work through those things. And that has since become a huge passion of mine to help moms um, and women specifically to just really learn to love yourself. You know, like I did not love myself and getting to the point where I, (laughs) I, I actually did this. I would look in the mirror every day in my own eyes and say nice things to myself, like until it didn't feel like I was lying to myself anymore. And so learning to love yourself and allowing your life to flow out of that space, instead of trying to shove everything in and hide it and put on this facade, you know, you can only do that for so long. And so the dealing with grief, asking for help, all those things are huge blessings. Well, Lauren, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, And there's so many synergies. While our journeys are different, there's so many connection points to sort of my own, my own experience, right? I often say that I'm really good at compartmentalizing. I um, can so resonate, right? With this idea of like, you don't talk about your emotions. You say, you're fine. I'm fine. Everything's okay. I'm good. Um, you know, asking for help, right? These are things that, you know, I think are for women in particular, like, frankly, like culturally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so much I want to unpack within, within your story. Um, I want to start though with, you know, for, for listeners out there, like what did rock bottom look like for you? Oh, that's a good one. My rock bottom looked like putting on the show every day for everyone, never taking time for myself, never doing anything for me, always being everything to everyone. And then once my responsibilities had been completed for that day, self-medicating with alcohol to just be numb and not feel it because I was starting to really feel everything that I hadn't dealt with. I hadn't walked through and for a brief moment, you know, and again, that's, I didn't know another way. It was just this hurts and I, I've got to make it stop at least for a second. Um, and have a drink, have a couple drinks and, and just not feel anything for a while. Um, it got to the point though, where it wasn't really helping, obviously. Um, I was still feeling everything I was feeling and then feeling angry that I was still feeling that way. Even when I was trying to have a moment, it got to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts. I just didn't feel like I could go on. I didn't want to, honestly, I wanted to, for the sake of my kids. And that was not a way that I could continue to, to keep going. I mean, I, I remember wanting so badly for things to end and feeling like that was the only release I was going to get. If I would just be brave enough was what I thought to, to commit to do something drastic, 
then it would all stop. It would all be over and I wouldn't have to deal with it. And, you know, looking back, I'm so grateful that there was this intervention, this breakthrough, this opportunity that kind of came into my life in, in the way of a book. Actually, it was a book that someone gave me. Um, and, and, and I started to have hope. I think that shame, guilt, and hopelessness are three of the most destructive emotions to feel. And it's interesting that while humans, you know, we can cause ourselves to feel that way and other humans, you can cause animals to feel that too. You know, like when you're getting onto a dog, you see that they're like, Oh, (laughs) Um, and those are the most destructive energies to, to operate in. And so I couldn't stay there. I couldn't stay there, but I also knew that, uh, that I wasn't okay. And I couldn't keep saying I was okay. You know, I had to figure out what it was going to take for me to be okay. And, and I had to really be honest with myself and say, look, I'm not okay. Uh, my husband and I had gotten to an, an, into an argument and I was feeling really just similar, the norm, you know, just really down and sad and not happy. And he wanted to be happy, you know, and we loved each other and wanted it to work. And like, no matter how much we tried to work it out, it just wasn't working, you know? Um, and he was leaving and he had started looking for an apartment. And I remember there was a night where we were arguing And the next day he had made the decision, I'm going to go and this isn't working. I want you to be happy. You know, I want to be happy. And like, I don't think this is what's best for our family for us to be arguing and fighting. And, you know, even if they're asleep, obviously that's a, there's an energy there and, and an atmosphere that even if your sweet babies are asleep, they pick up on it. And, um, and I had that moment of clarity where, I had woken up the next morning very aware that like I was never going to be the same. Um, I had started reading a book and I decided that like, no matter what happens with my marriage, with, you know, if I have to move, if whatever happens, I'm going to commit to do what Lauren needs to make sure that I deal with, with my things and I'm okay. So at the end of the day, I had to let everything go. And I had to say, I know that I'm different and I know that that probably doesn't mean anything because, you know, we both have our things and we keep trying to work this out and it's just not, doesn't seem like it's working, but I would ask you to reconsider. He didn't want to, he continued to look for, um, a place to stay. And at the time I had always stayed home with our kids and homeschooled them. And so I had gotten my real estate license before then. So I was like, okay, well, I have to start working and we have to consider what it looks like when we are going to talk to the kids to transition them into school. And I just had the conversation with him. Like, I hear you and I understand and I will support you however I can throughout this. I want us to work together to make sure that our kids have the best life, no matter what. And I respect your decision. I mean, uh, and I started 
getting up super early, making sure I had time for me, would get in some exercise, which was just walking a little bit um, when I started and started working and work came in. So I worked and took care of the kids and they actually weren't in school at the time. We were still homeschooling because we hadn't talked to them yet. So I was homeschooling, working, selling and buying houses, um, working on myself. And, and I would hit the bed at night at like eight 30, just wiped and get up and do it all over again the next day. Um, and in that, just being able to say, okay, I'm just going to do what I need to do and I'm going to let everything go. And no matter what happens, here's what was going on. Here's what I can say about this. Like just being super transparent and really honest with myself, with uh, my husband in our conversations, with, you know, everything. He clearly saw changes. Um, he didn't leave, actually. He kept coming home and kept looking for a place. And eventually he stopped and we did decide to stay together. We did work through some things. He saw, he saw changes in me. I saw changes in him. Um, and we did actually stay together. We're still together. And uh, that was good. But I remember when, when that did shift, it was no longer the thing that I was living my life for. It was like, okay, great. So let's keep moving forward. Not, oh, everything in my life is right now. We are okay. Like, um, and as I began to see how I was showing up and see what was going on in my life and keep these small commitments to myself, I started seeing changes. And, you know, so um, I was about 60 pounds heavier, like weight started coming off. Uh, clients were coming in without me feeling like I had to beat my head against the wall. My kids were, were actually doing really well. And my relationship with my husband felt actually better than it had been in a really long time. And so that had started that positive loop, right? I started with super simple, small commitments to myself, nothing major, like just, just start and everything just got traction and built on itself. And you know, then one thing led to another of me just committing to this evolution to be my best self and, and just kept going and kept going, excuse me, sorry. And, and, and now I'm, I love my life and it's wonderful and beautiful. And that doesn't mean that there's not still so much stuff that I get to, to process and deal with, but you know, working through all those things to get to the point where I know that I have the tools and the ability to recognize, Hey, Whoa, something's going on and be mindful about where I'm at when I'm interacting with people and, and have a willingness to sit with it, you know, has been, has been, been really great. So it's, it's definitely been transformative to walk walk through that process. And since that happened, you know, my husband has since taken similar action and really worked on himself and worked through his things. And obviously that spills over to our kids who we are offering them tools. Cause like 
how awesome would it be for kids to grow up and have these tools and have worked through their childhood things? Yes. <laughs> like yes. start life in that way. I mean, I don't know what your story is and I would love for you to share it if you, if you want to, but I mean, man alive, like how, how, how much would you have loved to start life as an adult just with the tools that you really need to succeed? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It, this is like, my husband and I talk about this all the time with our two daughters. Um, first of all, thank again. Thank you for sharing. Um, and so I, I'm curious two things. One is, you know, you, you said like, first of all, I a hundred percent agree with you that like, this is a journey, like it never stops. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always sort of like that. What's that next best version of myself. Um, and I think that's so important, but you said like, it wasn't what I was living for anymore. And I'm curious, like, you know, what, what are you living for now? Honestly, I am living for being connected to source, to other humans, to really walking in a freedom to love everyone, no matter where they are and to love unconditionally. So I, I really am living to be light to people, to encourage people to honestly be what I desperately needed. <laughs> Um, in those hard times and showing up and saying, Hey, you know what? You're a mom and you're having a hard time. And maybe you're a stay at home mom who was financially dependent on someone else. And, and, and we all have our own stories, right. That, that, that land us where we are. Um, and just like holding them, even if it's virtually and saying, I got you, you're not alone. You are loved and you are amazing and you have the most important job in the universe, raising and training humans, you know, like not to mention growing them and feeding them. So, you know, just that's really what I'm passionate about now is to take anything and everything that I go through to my pain, you know, becomes my purpose, right? So I take the things and then like you were saying earlier, I get, I can look at someone going through something that I've been through and have so much more empathy and compassion for them than maybe someone who hasn't. And I think that's the beauty, beauty of diversity in different, different outreaches is, you know, something that I could help someone with, maybe someone else couldn't and vice versa. And so I'm super excited and passionate to just help moms know one, their worth and their value and just encourage them whatever they need in the area. So for some moms, it's more self-esteem and, you know, feeling healthy for some moms, it's self-care for some moms. It's, Hey, I need to learn how to, you know, make an income. So whatever it is, just being a support system for moms is something that I really am excited about living for and, and being there for. I love that because I, I go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier around, right? Like sort of the cultural expectations. I don't know if that's necessarily mm -hmm. the right word, but what was coming up for me when you were sort of talking about how you used alcohol to numb yourself, I used work. I like threw mm -hmm. everything into to working. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we all have our own outlets and like, let's be honest, I also use alcohol too, to some, to some extent. So like, um, but I, 
what was coming up for me was, you know, when I think back to myself before I sort of had, and what I call is like my six or three moment where my husband, I was brushing my teeth at six or three in the morning and my husband looked at me and was like, are you happy? And for first, you know, for some reason I actually blurted out the truth for the first time and was like, yeah. no. Right. And that <laughs> yeah. started yeah. this journey for me. And, um, one of the things that I was really, you know, when I was in like pre six or three moment was I surrounded myself with people who are the same, right. Who mm-hmm. felt the same way, who are using the same sort of numbing techniques. I was able yes. to find all the data that backed up that mm-hmm. I had two young, I had two kids under two, like it was supposed to be hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. world was telling me one thing. Exactly who you were. Right. Yet I knew, I knew in my heart of hearts, there was something different. And so I'm curious, you know, community was like one of the things Mm -hmm. that I craved so desperately, even though, you know, if you looked at my life on the outside, I like had community and I did have community. It just wasn't the community I wanted. So I'm I'm just curious, like what that journey looked like for you. The community piece. Like one, you know, did you experience something similar in that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, could you relate to sort of the, you are what you, um, you know, surrounding yourself with like intentionally or not, right. With sort of Mm -hmm. like-minded. And then how did you break out of that? Cause I think for me, one of the fears when I was, you know, ready to go through sort of my journey for myself and put myself first was I'm going to lose all my friends. (laughs) No, I definitely went through something similar and I appreciate you sharing that because it's such a huge component. You know, there's, I I don't remember the saying exactly, but something to the effect of you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with most often, something to that effect, right? So uh, similarly, I was around people who fed my identity, who told me exactly how I felt about myself, which was that I wasn't worthy. I wasn't performing or meeting any standard, you know, and and similarly, I can relate. I didn't have a a job where I brought home a paycheck, but like I took on any and every project family oriented to do more for my family, produce more, make everything from scratch, you know, like build things like anything and everything um, from that. But the people that I were around definitely fed those limiting beliefs that, you know, I, I do deserve to be treated that way. I, it is supposed to be hard. You have four kids and you're not, you know, even 30 and, you know, you, you do stay home and that's hard. And, you know, not to say that there's not some truth to any of that, 100%. but having, having people reinforce the challenging beliefs that actually made my life much harder and less enjoyable to where like you in your 603 moment, like, no, I'm not happy. Like I'm, I'm really not okay. Um, and to have someone look at you and go, I don't know where this is coming from. I thought everything was fine. And recognizing that like, wow. Uh, yeah. So I did do the things that I had mentioned earlier, which was, I didn't know people who, highly of themselves, who spoke differently, who had a positive outlook on life, who, you know, wanted to evolve. 
I thought it was, hey, you are who you are, and that's just kind of the hand you were dealt and hope your genes were good, you know? Um, and so we, in our, our family, do have some, you know, history of depression and, and things like that that I thought I was just, like, stuck with. Like, you just, you know you're going to be depressed because it run, runs in the family, right? I didn't know there was another option. Uh, but I did start to read books. The first book that I read was a wonderful one that helped me get a morning routine in order so that I felt like I was giving myself time. I had a system in place that made sense for me. I was touching the areas that I needed to function, to cope well, to actually feel energized and, and happy even like, um, and I do remember when certain people started to fall away, like you were saying, like you do some people, you know, don't want to be around that anymore because we as humans have a tendency to surround ourselves with, with likeness and people who think similarly and enforce the story that we're telling ourselves. And so some people did fall away, but I found new people and most of them were online at first or, you know, the authors of the books I was reading or the books I was listening to or the podcasts and just really deciding like, okay, this is my new network and I'm going to get as much as I can from this, you know, virtual network where no one's really talking to me back, but I can at least glean some things from them to get myself to the point where I know what that next step is. And for me, I joined a mastermind and actually got interactions with people um, who I still talk to a lot of them. And, and, and from there, you know, it's funny how, how your relationships evolve too. You know, they introduce you to certain people and you kind of make these new friends, you know, you attract them in and, 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 and now I have, a, a pretty good support system of people all across the world who actually are dedicated to an evolution in their lifetime, you know, and like you're saying, you never get there. And I used to think I would get there. Right. So like, I didn't want to enjoy the journey. I wanted to get through it as fast as possible, get to the end point And that's it. Right. Like I'm done. Um, but there's, there's so much good to resting in your journey and saying, I'm never going to like arrive where there's nothing else to do. So I might as well just enjoy it as much as I can. Um, and be intentional about doing that. So yeah, I, I definitely have to have boundaries as far as access allowed to me. Cause I do feel other people and I feel what they're feeling really strongly. Um, and so I do have to be intentional with who I allow access to me and my family to make sure that I'm guarding what we need, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that I don't love some of these people. I do, but that just means that I kind of have to love you more distantly, you know, unless things change, which they could always change. And I'm always hopeful, you know. There are so many, like I'm sitting here like nodding. Um, there are so many synergies. Um, to our journeys. And I, I also joined a mastermind. I remember after that moment, my husband was like, okay, what next? And we're both like, oh shit. Um, right. Like, <laughs> like I don't like, know. Oh, 
Um, and I remember just telling, you know, the coach and the program that I was working with, like, I just want to feel again, like the, the good, numbness. the bad and the ugly, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't even feeling mm-hmm. like not even like bad things. Like I just was numb to it all. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at building up walls. Um, and I'm, you know, constantly working on that. Um, and it, for me, one of the things that I really had to work through was, um, my journey to becoming a mom. And, you know, we went through, we, had, we ultimately went the path of IVF. My, my oldest was a twin. We lost our son in, in my mm-hmm. second trimester. Um, and I actually just blogged about this this week because we're actually in the five year, th- this week is five years. Um, for so long, you know, we, we ultimately had to make a medical decision around our son. He was, um, very sick and, um, for the longest time, I actually didn't feel worthy of grief. And it was this like, aha of, I wasn't even letting myself do it because I didn't feel worthy of it. Right. And I I bring that up because it's sort of how we started the conversation. I think there are so many of us, whatever that grief looks like for you. And frankly, with COVID, right? Like we're all grieving the loss of the life that we all knew and assumed would be, you know, our forever life. And to your point, right, there are some things that are great about the new COVID, you know, post-COVID life, but there are some things that, you know, we we have to, to acknowledge and admit that, you know, it's, we miss them and it's okay to miss them. And so I say, I, I tell you this because I think that there's, it's all connected, right? Like there's so many threads that can sort of be pulled through, through all of this. And, um, you know, how you're saying there were moments that it, it doesn't matter if it seems small to somebody else. Like I was like, yes, because I feel the same way. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if the moment happened, you know, 25 years ago, if it happened like 30 minutes ago, if you cannot get it out of your head, there is a reason for that and you need to explore it. Yeah, no, that's, I totally agree. And thank you for sharing about the child that you guys lost. That's, that's just a pain that I don't wish on anyone. Um, we lost a child between our our first and our third. And, um, I wasn't as far along as you were, but, and I, I remember thinking that because of the way so many people view pregnancies that I wasn't allowed to feel sad, like, um, and I didn't have support. I, well, I've, I've had the consistent support of my younger sister. She's always been great. We're only a few months apart actually, but, um, you know, she lived far away from me and it wasn't as virtual of a world back then. Um, and I, I, I too just went through a point where I didn't let myself feel it wasn't safe. It didn't feel safe to feel. So not the good, not the bad, just numb, just don't feel anything. Um, and one of my life coaches actually that I still work with, I love him. He's amazing. Um, in the way that you love coach, obviously. (laughs) um, talked about that because, you know, when you're numb, it affects other areas that you may want to engage in, but you're, you're, you're just numb. And so you don't know how, and your body can't 
because you've, like you're saying, built these walls to protect yourself. <laughs> and so you're keeping everything out, all of it. And um, I remember there was a point where with my other kids, I felt there was a moment of time where out and it was, you know, before I had my, my break, breakdown moment, my breakup moment, um, where I felt that I wasn't feeling anything with my children. And I was like, there's something really off here because I was always a really engaged, really connected mom, no matter what I was going through. And I remember like, I'm just not feeling much of, of anything. And so I, th I think it's a real, it's a real good thing for people to start saying, Hey, it's okay to not be okay. And, and what can we do to be here for you? Or do you need me to just sit with you? Or do you need me to just know like that you're going through something and I can show up for you in that way. But like you said, yeah, it's good that that's becoming more allowable in society because we are all grieving these lives that we we're all just barreling along with until March, you know, <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely been a transition and it's definitely for me in some ways created a little more space and time for me to work through some things that have come up in that, which has been, been really good, but the, the overall impact has been a lot for everybody. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to your point of, you know, yes, admitting that it's okay to not be okay is amazing. I think the, the, not the flip side, but, you know, one of my sort of reasons for starting this podcast was, um, I believe we all have moments, right. Where we felt alone or isolated. And I've had many of those moments in my life and, for people who are not ready to yet admit that they're not okay, even to themselves, because it starts with you first. I, I, I think it's so important to be able to hear parts of your own story and other people's stories. And so that, right, this idea of being able to create connection and community through sharing personal stories is so important because when you're not yet ready for that admission to yourself, you know, if you're able to at least sort of see fragments of your own story and someone else's, maybe that's the support that you are able to receive at that time. And so I'm grateful for you for sharing your story um, because it, it makes an impact. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm excited to share all of the parts of my story, honestly, whatever is helpful to people. And I think that there's the element like you're saying, the people who aren't ready to maybe look at what's really going on with them. Um, and again, maybe they're numb right now. Like, and, and just to put it out there, you know, <laughs> I've, I've been through a lot that I could get really angry about, but I see it all as opportunities to help. So, you know, all, all forms of different abuse to being codependent to, you know, identity issues to self-worth issues to, you know, being unhealthily overweight and feeling hopeless there to relational issues. I mean, I've, I've walked through a lot of it, which at times has felt super overwhelming. But at the end of the day, if me going through all of those things inspires, helps, encourages one woman, one mom 
to be like, yeah, I got this because I'm not different than anybody else. Uh, if I can do it, you can do it. I trust me. Like, um, if you knew me 15 years ago, you would be like, who is she? Um, and I'm not like special. I, I, I'm, I really am not. And I'm really, really for moms believing that like, if one woman can do it, I can do it because you can. So whoever's listening to this, moms, women in general, like you can do it. You can do anything. And if you need some kind of support, like that's why we're doing this and that's what we're here for. And anything that you guys need, just reach out because that's what we're here for. And that's why we're doing this. So I really hope that, uh, that it makes an impact and, and, and I believe it will, you know, I believe it will too. I think that's the perfect place to end. Thank you, Lauren. How can people continue to follow you on your journey? So I am the most active on Facebook, uh, Lauren Jane on Facebook, and you can PM me if you want to say something privately and I will get back to you. I do actually monitor my Facebook. I do not hire someone to do that. So anything private would remain private to me and, you know, Facebook. But if you would like to talk more privately than social media, um, you know, get a hold of me there and I will work out a way for us to do a Zoom or a phone call or whatever you need. So, well, Lauren, thank you for sharing your story. Thank I you. know that it has, it will impact, it has, and it will impact more than one woman. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If something in the conversation resonated with you, please, please share it with a friend that you think needs to hear this conversation. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let me know how you're listening, where you're listening, and what resonated. Tag me at This Is My Truth Podcast or feel free to shoot me a DM. And because we're a new podcast and this shit matters, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. Tell me how you truly feel. This entire podcast is about vulnerability and authenticity. So let me know how you really feel and give me some feedback. I really appreciate it.